when I was just getting into coaching and graduating high school and helping out with my sister's team, that was right about the same time as the 99 World Cup. And that group of players that were dubbed the 99ers, um, they were they were all very inspirational in, in the way that they carried themselves and, and how athletic and how, how skilled they were at the game. I think that that was kind of what um, fired up the, the female youth in this country as far as soccer goes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Power Up Women, a multi-generational conversation about leadership, power, gender, and social justice through a female lens. I'm Ann Doyle. You know, for those of you who have known me for a while or have been listening for a while, you know that I'm very interested in sports, not just the thrill of watching great athletes compete, but also the many benefits of participating in sports for individuals of all ages and all physical abilities. Growing up, I was what you would call a tomboy, one of those girls who loved being outside, getting dirty, climbing trees, riding horses. But as a baby boomer, there were really no organized sports or teams for me to join in school. I was jealous of the opportunities that all my brothers had to compete. So I rejoiced with the passage of Title IX of the 1972 Education Act that opened the doors of opportunity for girls to compete in and benefit from sports. As a journalist, I had a front row seat to watch the growth of women's and girls sports, which included witnessing personally the harassment that the very first young girls endured who insisted on their right to play in Little League or to run track against the boys. I loved seeing all the tremendous progress of girls and women's participation and skill as evidenced to the world for the first time at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, when American women athletes won more medals than US men, despite being outnumbered on the US Olympic team. And I cried watching American soccer player, Brandi Chastain rip off her shirt as she and her teammates won the very first FIFA Women's World Cup in 1991. So we've come a very long way during my lifetime, but we still have a long way to go as women athletes continue to fight, not just for equal pay, but equal marketing support, and even just plain equal opportunities to play. That's one of the reasons I serve on the board of Detroit PAL, which is committed to increasing the number of inner city girls participating in its sports and youth enrichment programming. So that's our topic today. A look at women's sports, specifically soccer, one of the fastest growing sports for girls and women. And we're going to look at it through the eyes of an athlete and a coach who are metaphorically moving the ball down the field for generations of girls to come. My guests are Aaron Roy, owner and head coach of the new Corktown Women's Football Club here in Detroit, a women-centric club team that will kick off its inaugural season the summer of 2023. And athlete and team member Lauren Bowes, who competed for four years as a scholarship athlete at Oakland University and is just beginning her career as a GM mechanical engineer but has no intention of ending her playing days 
anytime soon. Welcome coach Aaron Roy and soccer player Lauren Bose. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. We met this summer at a Detroit news conference uh, announcing the results of a Michigan women's task force on women in sports. And that's when I first discovered uh, that you have this new team that's uh, going to be playing here in Detroit, but competing all around the Midwest. So let's talk about that. And Aaron, uh, you're the owner, you're the head coach. Um, tell us about the Corktown Women's Football Club uh, what's so special about it, and also the fact that this is a women-centric team. I mean, what does that mean? What makes us very unique, especially in the Metro Detroit area, is that compared to most soccer clubs, uh, professional soccer clubs uh, that have a men's and a women's side. Um, when I started this club, I decided we were going to focus on women, and we were going to put all of our effort, our energy, our focus on just a women's side. So uh, we are the only uh, soccer club in Metro Detroit that is women-centric without a men's side. Why did you decide that? What difference does that make? Well, the difference is, uh, well, the timing was right. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been on the women's side coaching for about eight years now. Uh, I started my coaching career uh, helping my, my younger sister's team when I was only 18, 23 years ago. Um, so it kind of came full circle, and um, and I also coach at a private uh, all-girls uh, Catholic school in, in the Metro Detroit area as well. So, uh, women's soccer has has been my focus as a coach for for quite a few years now, and uh, and seeing that there you know that there aren't any uh, women-centric clubs in this area, it made sense, and I think the timing was perfect on the anniversary of Title IX. Well, explain a little bit for people that aren't really sure about that, because you had mentioned to me that uh, there's a difference when a club is women-centric versus a club that perhaps has both a men's and women's team. I think that decision kind of stemmed from uh, just the difference in general between, uh, I would say, women's sports and men's sports, or at least what I've noticed as a coach over the past uh, 23 years now. Um, I mean, the camaraderie, uh, the way the women care about each other and care about the sport and care about uh, growing uh, women's sports in general, um, it really sets, sets them apart from, from the men's side of things. And it's exciting. And where will your team be competing? Give us some sense. So this is club sports. These are athletes, and we're going to talk to Lauren in just a minute about this, who um, have competed at a pretty high level, many of them in college, right, but aren't quite ready to hang up their shoes. Yeah, we'll be competing uh, starting in the summer of 2023, and we're going to be playing down at the corner ballpark um, in Corktown in Detroit. It's an exciting venue uh, that's been repurposed with, a, with an all-purpose turf field. They play many sports there, um, but we're excited to finally bring women's professional soccer uh, to that area. And it's, it's an area that was lacking in that, in that sport. There's, there are no women's soccer teams in Detroit and we'll all be the first one. And hopefully this is something that the young girls in the inner city can really look up to and say, hey, you know what? there is an opportunity for me there. I can, I can be that. Um, so we're very excited about it. And we've got a great lineup of players, very experienced, very, very good people um, who are going to be fantastic role models for those kids. 
talking about those role models, let me bring Lauren uh, Bowes into this conversation. Uh, Lauren, uh, what are your feelings? I mean, listening to Aaron talk about this and your sense of uh, what you're about to begin next in your soccer career. Yeah, so like Aaron said, I'm really excited for the summer. Um, I played summer soccer for quite a few years, um, but excited for this team because like Aaron said, the focus is on just a woman's team. Um, both usually like there's both sides, like a men and a women's team. So just having us focus, Aaron, the coaching staff, um, the marketing all on us, and then the fans all on just a one team will be a very exciting time. Well, I know that you, uh, you recently graduated. You're, you're just beginning your career at General Motors as an engineer. Um, what made you decide to um, continue playing at this level and with this particular team? I've tried playing like co-ed soccer, but I don't know, like I still have that competitive drive and don't want to fully hang up that that part of my life yet. So this team allows me to play at such a still competitive level in like a fully women's league. Um, and it just keeps the level of soccer really high. I love meeting young women such as you because uh, I'm just so jealous of the opportunities that you've had to play from probably a very young girl to get to the level of um, an athlete that you are today. Um, take us back to uh, how you got into soccer and uh, what do you remember about being a little girl with uh, the different options maybe that were out there for you? Started playing soccer um, when I was like very little and like organized like Royal Oak sports team. Um, my dad got me involved in that. He was my coach. So kept it fun for me when I was young. And then as my parents noticed, I started taking interest in soccer and wanted to come play it competitively. Um, they moved me up through um, a travel team and then through the travel teams, I made my way through other travel teams. And I would say one thing that really kept me in sports, besides being in love with the sport itself, is like a good group of girls playing with, um, making friendships with them and just having the sport I love and a good group of friends to do it with made it all the best. Tell me about um, high school, for example. Mm -hmm. You were playing um, on an all-girls, I'm assuming. Did you play uh, on mixed gender teams when you were a little girl yeah so um for you soccer it was just all girls but then when I went to the Royal Oak Renegades which was the travel team in the area at the time I got to practice with a boys team my best friend's brother was on the team and they asked me to sub for them so I did get to play a little bit on the boys team which was really fun because with my competitive side I love that played in the tournament with them so I did get to play a little bit with them and then keep moving through high school I just kind of kept moving to like the most competitive team I could you're a scholarship athlete. I mean, did you win a college scholarship to play soccer? Is that right? I did. Yep. Yep. So I was a scholarship athlete. So um, went through the whole recruiting process that is, um, which it can be for me, I was very shy in high school. So having to cold call coaches and like introduce yourself to them was very scary to me, but I would say very beneficial to me in the long run of my, my life. Here you are a young woman now, um, just beginning your career, um, looking back on um, perhaps what you, you think you received the benefits mm -hmm. from competing as an athlete in, in sports, competitive sports for um, all of your growing up years. The benefits, yeah. So I would say we got a lot of benefits from team sports. Um, the most obvious one, teamwork. So you're having a deal with the team setting, different personalities and getting along and learning how to handles different personalities and getting along to work towards one goal. Um, another one I would say is getting more confidence in myself and like 
learning that I can be a leader in different ways. So like I explained, I was kind of like a shy person growing up. So becoming confident in soccer, like made me other confident in other areas of life. And then I also learned like, since I'm not like a vocal, want to be the center of attention type of person, like those are the type of leaders that you think they're out there, but you can also have leaders that show by example. So I was always like that person that was just super hardworking, keeping my nose down and like just getting the work done. So I was like, oh, I can lead in that type of way as well. What position do you play? Um, mostly center mid, I like, or like holding mid. And how would you describe yourself as an athlete? <laughs> as an athlete, um, well, kind of like I was touching base there is like, I just kind of like, like to get the job done focused and like, like making the players around me better as Aaron described me as once. Um, so I just kind of like distributing the ball and getting other people opportunities. So a grinder, scrappy, I was called one of little. So I guess those are those type of words I would describe myself as. And Aaron, I know you, you, you're an athlete as well. And uh, tell us about yourself as an athlete and what it was uh, about soccer that um, not only got you into the game, but made you love it enough to uh, commit to being an owner and a coach of now a professional team. I started playing soccer at a very young age at, uh, you know, five years old in Warren, Michigan. And, um, you know, it was something I went, when I was young, uh, I won't get too deep into it, but when I was young, I, I had a little bit of a rough childhood uh, uh, living in Metro uh, South, uh, North Detroit, sorry. And, um, you know, soccer was one of those things where you could build friendships and you could build camaraderie and, and it was, it was an escape, you know, like, like a lot of sports are to, to young children. It can be an escape and, and a way to really uh, have a, a part of your life that you can count on, that you can enjoy. And uh, so soccer became that for me. I loved it. And it, it just, it became such a big part of me that as I grew up, um, you know, I, uh, my coaches were uh, not just coaches, they were teachers, they were role models, they were people that I looked up to. And, and that meant a lot to me. And um, when it seemed as though my playing days were coming to an end, um, I wanted to be that for others. Um, you know, and I was for my younger sister and her friends playing and, um, and I enjoyed it so much that I invested a lot of time into uh, coaching education and, and symposiums and conventions and, and, and teaching or, or learning about the game and learning about guiding young athletes. And, and uh, so that's kind of where it all began and, and how I ended up as a coach. I love uh, building relationships with, with players, with people, with families, um, you know, relationships that last and, and building memories with these people as well. That's a really powerful story that you shared about what it has meant to you in your life. And, uh, and then the fact that you helped your sister uh, in terms of being a, a coach to your younger sister, uh, you've competed as a, a, a man in terms of the, you know, the thick of uh, male competitive sports, and now you're coaching women. I mean, what have you observed about differences between, uh, you know, we know men and women are different and uh, viva la difference, right? But what have you yeah. uh, observed about all this? My biggest observation uh, as far as the difference goes is, is, um, is where, where some of the passion lies uh, with, with men, with guys, and I've coached both um, over the last 23 years. Um, the men have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of passion in in just the game itself, and there's a lot of more in, uh, individual battles that happen 
within practice, within games, it's um, uh, kind of a macho thing, I guess you would say. It's that's kind of uh, uh, goes along with men's sports, but uh, with the women's sports, you see more passion for not just the game, but passion for each other and wanting to achieve things together. Um, you know, they, they, I don't think that I've ever seen in my 23 years coaching uh, on the women's side, I've never seen, you know, women sticking out their chest, being macho or trying to prove something to anybody, to anybody else. I think that um, everybody always wanted to do it together. And, and uh, you know, if somebody fell down, it, it wasn't get back up. It was, it was one of the female players running over and helping them back up. And, and um, it's inspirational. It really is. And it's um, uh, not to knock the guy's side of the game. It, it is what it is. Um, but I think the, um, the girls have something very special on their own, on their own side of the games. Lauren, I'm interested in um, maybe role models that have been important to you as, as you were growing up, because you, you grew up with um, the opportunity to see a Brandy Chastain, a Mia Hamm, a Megan Rapino. Um, what influence do you think they had? Um, to be able to to see role models such as that, such as I, I, I never had, you know, <laughs> I never saw women who looked like or fe- athletes who looked like me playing at that kind of level. Yeah, no, for sure. No, you put that in like really good perspective saying like you didn't necessarily have those types of role models. So I guess I'm just really grateful that I had those types of role models being able to go see them play or watch them on TV. Um, I think one that stuck out to me most was Mia Hamm back in the day. So I remember going to like one of the U S national teams games, like when they were in town and my parents like letting me buy a shirt, which is of course a special occasion <laughs> and just wearing that number nine proudly. Cause that was also my like youth soccer number. So just seeing like, Oh, well, like relating to her just through the number as simple as that. And then seeing her play on such a big stage in front of thousands of fans was I'm like, wow, like that's amazing. Like, like I want to do that. Like it's just an inspiration as a little girl, like someone to look up to in that way. And then I think as like, I grew up and got older, like, like as new national players came in, like I remember like Rose Lavelle, like a young girl who was kind of similar around my age, um, went to like Wisconsin. So like not a huge powerhouse soccer school, but still a so- good, great soccer school, made her way through the national team pool and got invited and then was eventually like the number one draft pick. And, um, and that was like, wow, that's inspirational as well. So just watching everyone have like their own career and going through like those types of paths was all inspirational to me. Well, you've not only uh, been able to see them competing mm-hmm. at a very, very high level on a na- an international stage, you've also witnessed them fighting against the inequality. Uh, you know, of course, the the fight for equal pay, you know, that we've seen the the, the women's soccer teams, the, the uh, hockey teams, I mean, multiple teams. Um, mm-hmm. What is your feeling when, when you watch that? And do you feel any sense of responsibility to be part of um, continuing to, let's say, move the ball down the field for the next generation of girls? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's very inspirational that they have put themselves out there and are fighting that fight for everyone, not just that have already gone maybe through soccer. And then they're also doing it for the people behind them that are going to come into those roles. So for them to put themselves out there and fight for this is very inspirational. And then also in the sense, like now I'm in my career, I would hope I would fight for equal pay too for women engineers because I'm in a male dominated field. So I'd also like those equal opportunities in my field. So 
I think it's important that everyone in their respective fields are fighting for that equal play and that women are treated equally and getting paid equally. When I was just getting into coaching and graduating high school and helping out with my sister's team, that was right about the same time as the 99 World Cup. And that group of players that were dubbed the 99ers, um, they were they were all very inspirational in, in the way that they carried themselves and, and how athletic and how, how skilled they were at the game. If I had to pick one apart from the bunch, though, I would have to say that it was Mia Hamm because she she was she really pushed the game. She was one of the younger players. I think that um, as far uh, commercially, she was she was pushed the most. I mean, you 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 could turn on any TV channel and you would see her in a Gatorade commercial with Michael Jordan or a Pert Plus commercial with clean hair. <laughs> I mean that you saw Mia Hamm everywhere. And um, I think that that was kind of what um, fired up the, the female youth in this country as far as soccer goes. And uh, as far as uh, female soccer goes, it really put, put it on the map, um, especially winning that World Cup here at home in all these big football stadiums. Let's get right back to, to your team as we wrap this thing up. Uh, Aaron, you know, um, what's your vision for, for next year? What do you imagine? And then maybe, let's say, five years from now as the owner of this brand new team? You know, I can envision stands full of fans and not just adult fans, but young girls, um, young girls from the community that are there cheering on our women and looking up to our women. Um, I can see them lining up after games to meet our players and, and, and get autographs and take photos with them. And these are, these are the wonderful visions that I can kind of see in my mind looking forward um, in short term and long term. But I think uh, big picture, I think that we'd like to grow this to something uh, even bigger than just uh, the local soccer scene in Detroit. I think that in the future, I could see this uh, becoming a very big professional level team. Um, where we're reaching out uh, a lot further than just inner city Detroit and bringing in people from all over Metro Detroit that want to come and see something that's become great and and this women-centric club that's paved the way for it. Well, that's a big vision. And uh, how can people help who maybe you've inspired by listening to the two of you? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you are you looking for sponsors. I mean, what do you need at this point to to get this thing going? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we start in the summer of 2023, but of course we, you know, we start looking for sponsors, uh, you know, we're, right now we're looking for sponsors all the way until the new year to kind of get, get uh, local businesses on board that want to support and help out. Um, I mean, there's, of course, uh, our reach is pretty far as far as our audience goes. So there's, it's a lucrative thing uh, with the advertisement and things like that. So yeah, we, we definitely are looking for sponsors, looking for support. I think one of the most important important things is um, to, to look out on our website um, on corktownwfc.com. Uh, look for the schedule and come through the gate. Come through the gate and sit in the stands and watch these extraordinary women and have a great time. And I think that that's, that's a good beginning. And I think the season begins when? The season will start the second week of May, 2023. Okay. And will you be, do you, do you have the team all set or, or will there be tryouts? I mean, any opportunity for uh, other young women to play? Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been recruiting. Uh, I've been recruiting for about uh, about a month and a half now. 
Uh, we will have a tryout um, in December, um, somewhere, around the, somewhere around the third week of December, we will have a tryout. Um, and that date hasn't been set just yet, but that will also, uh, that will be all over our social media. It will be on our website. Um, so there will be opportunity for, for players who are interested, who, who, who aspire to play at that level to, to come out and, and showcase their talents. Definitely. And Lauren, what's your vision for, uh, this inaugural season and, and maybe, uh, you know, in a couple of years to come, I know, uh, you're working at GM. GM has a fantastic CEO, Mary Barra. I hope you, you gotta ask, I mean, you go, go get some money from General Motors, but, uh, <laughs> what, what's your vision? Yeah. So for my vision, um, just want to keep playing at this high level of soccer. So bring in a good group of girls for the summer, um, get to know everyone, have some camaraderie and work towards that goal of, you know, we want to win. What's your website for the, uh, the new uh, Corktown Women's Football Club? Uh, you can visit us at corktownwfc.com. Well, thank you, Aaron Roy, coach of the new Corktown Women's Football Club and owner, which kicks off its inaugural season in Detroit in May of 2023. And soccer player center Lauren Bowes, who plans to be right at the center of the team's offense. Thank you both for a really fascinating conversation. Well, I know you both get great joy out of playing and coaching the game, but you also are making a difference for the girls that you will inspire to experience for themselves the joys and benefits of getting off the sidelines and into the game. Let's all go power up. Thanks for joining us at Power Up Women. We hope you'll keep listening. And if you can spare two minutes, please rate us on Google, Apple, or your favorite podcast platform because it really helps build visibility for Power Up Women and helps other aspiring women to find this podcast. We have over 100 episodes now for you to choose from, and I'd love to hear your ideas for future podcasts through my andoyleleadership.com website. And remember, when one woman rises, we all rise. Make sure you reach back and lift others as you climb. I'm Ann Doyle.